it's coming around we call a time of corporate prayer and uh, I've got a, just a, a thought spot to start with and I found this from uh, a friend of mine passed this through to me it's, it's an excerpt from a book called New Morning Mercies by a man called Paul Tripp and he encourages us to keep in mind three realities when we pray it's a bit wordy, so hang in there. We're going to put it on the screen. I'll read it, but you will see things that I don't see. We all, as you read a passage, and you'll see something that will jump out at you. So, um, Rob, if you'd be kind enough, we'll, we'll go through that. Um, so this is what he writes. The Bible calls you, as a believer, to live with three realities in view. The first greets you every day. It is the reality that you live in a world that's been dramatically broken by sin and does not function the way that God intended it. Paul says it very well in Romans, noting that the whole world is groaning as it waits for its redemption. Because the world you live in isn't operating per God's design, it presents you with temptations everywhere you live. These temptations play to the sin and weaknesses that still lives inside of us, that is being progressively eradicated by God's transforming grace. And we spoke about that earlier. You know, God is changing us from glory to glory. You and I must live temptation aware. To fail to do so is to fail to recognize the fallenness of the world that happens to be at the address where we live. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? Temptation's right on our doorstep. The second reality is that even though we are God's children, we lack the power on our own to fight the spiritual battles in which the world of sin and temptation engages. As we face our vulnerability vulnerability and weakness, there are things that you and I should pray for regularly. We should pray for purity of desire, wisdom to recognize the enemy's tricks and strengthen the, uh, and strength to fight the battles we can't avoid. All of this comes out of a humble recognition that wrong does not always look wrong to us. What God says is dangerous doesn't always seem dangerous. Evil doesn't always appear so, so evil in us in our eyes. So we need protection, not just from external temptation, but from our own blind eyes and wandering hearts. And the third thing, finally, says that you and I are welcomed as God's children, and we've sung about this so beautifully this morning, to rest in the reality that this world, uh, that in this world, throws temptation as every, every day. We are never, ever alone. God is with us. He provides the safety we could never provide for ourselves. He fights on our behalf, even when we don't have the sense to resist. He gives us wisdom and strength at those moments when that's exactly what we need. You and I can face the harsh realities of life in this broken world with courage and hope because we do not face them all by ourselves. Emmanuel, God is with us indeed in power and glory and grace. In the words of Zephaniah, as just as they were those years ago, the Lord your God in the midst of thee is mighty. Oh, wonderful words, just to think about that. So we're going to pray this as a responsive little bit later, and you, you may have, want to have your own response to, to this particular segment. So I've tried to take those three thoughts again, the three realities, and we'll say this together. So, sorry, I'll, I'll read the bit, then you'll see the response in, in black. So we live in a broken world. 
it's all about temptation in this in this this first section. It's not up. It's not the world is not operating according to God's design, and it lives at the address where we live, and we're cha- it challenges our desires to live godly lives by various temptations. Anybody experienced that? No, no. Oh gosh, what, what wonderful saints you are. You and I need to live temptation aware. So if you'd like to repeat this, you do, do or do not, but follow me. Lord, help us to remember this is not your perfect world and filled with temptation, yet your kingdom is progressing in us through your transforming grace. It is a work in progress. The second point he raised was faced with this reality. On our own, we do not have the resources to deal with all that life throws at us. Sometimes we don't even recognise danger and and evil and the need to humbly depend on God showing us his perspective. So it's about dependence. So may we pray this. As we trust you, Lord, thank you that you come to our aid and keep us from evil. And the third thing, we are not alone and never, ever will be. He is in our midst as Emmanuel. Doing life with God provides safety. He fights on our behalf. He gives us wisdom and strength and strength at those moments when that's exactly what we need. Lord, thank you that you never abandoned me and your presence is always with me, even though I don't always feel it. There's a lot of comfort also. You'd hit some of that in, in Psalm 23. But uh, we, don't, we don't say the Lord's Prayer often enough, but you'll hear phrases in that, I'm sure, that remind you. So may we stand together. Let's just say the Lord's Prayer. I think this is the, probably the King James Version for those over 60 who recognise it. For the other people, bear with us, but the words are still true. Our God, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you. We did that this morning, didn't we? Uh, I told Hannah off this morning when she did that. I was like, good one, you're wrecking the place. And then I went and did the same thing. <laughs> uh, getting me back. Good morning, everyone. It's so lovely to be together. Thanks, Mike. just want to add my welcome to uh, that of Hannah and uh, Wayne and to all of you watching online, a welcome to you too. Uh, trust that you're sensing God's presence with you, whether you're uh, with a, a number of people or whether you're alone. Uh, you know that you're not alone. Uh, Emmanuel, God is with us. He is with us wherever we go and we can hold on to that hope and trust. I just want to just, just pray before we get going. I know we prayed a lot, but um, Lord, thank you that you're here with us. Uh, Lord, we just pray right now that as we, we gather around your word, as we gather around what you're longing to say, uh, that we wouldn't just uh, go through motions, Lord, but we'd be open to what you want to say to each and every one of us. So Lord, open our hearts, open our minds, our ears to what your Holy Spirit is wanting to say. And may, uh, may we be aware of it and take hold of it. And walk out of this place changed because of your goodness, grace, and mercy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, there's a, 
Lots of you up the back. Maybe, did anyone want to just come down the front so they can feel a bit more together? That would be nice. If <laughs> The tech guy is getting off the desk. You're wanting to do that because you've seen my PowerPoint and how long it is. No, that's all right. Hey, um, we've, a couple of weeks ago, we shared our vision for the church uh, for this year, what we believe God is calling us to. Uh, and it is simply a, a slogan that we can apply in many different areas of our lives, and that is making a difference. That is, uh, in all that we're doing, uh, whether it be how we speak to one another, how we worship, how we do our kids' ministry, how we, we function, we want to be making a difference in our lives and in the world around us. And... Um, the, the verse that kind of underpins all of this is from Ephesians, and it says, we are his workmanship, or other translations say, uh, we are his uh, creation, or we are um, his masterpiece. Thank you. It went out and it came back through Kathy. We are his masterpiece. You, you are a wonderful creation. You are a masterpiece. You're not just designed to just be here and go away to just, plateau to just go through life but there's a purpose in you it was great to pray that over the kids this morning wasn't it that they would know this purpose that God has for them that they are a part of his world and and his kingdom and God has plans and purposes for our kids just as he has plans and purposes for each and every one of you that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works not just for works, but for good works, works that uh, heighten and, and create his kingdom to, to progress and go forward, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I pray that that, that sense of God has something for you in your life and, and he wants to do something uh, in your midst, in your spheres of influence, that you would be uh, looking for those opportunities to not just survive but to thrive, to not just plateau but to go forward. Uh, as Mike said, we've been changed from glory to glory, that we'd be moving forward by making a difference in the things that God has and has planned and created for us. And so last week we, we talked about the sense of what does this mean making a difference in our personal lives? And I encouraged everyone to prioritise spending time with Jesus every day. And it's been wonderful. I've had lots of reports, texts, emails, people saying, hey, look, we've, I've taken hold of, of that challenge and it's been making a difference in my life. What a, what a great response to prioritise. It doesn't matter how big, small, it's going to look different for everyone, depending on busyness or kids or time you get up, whether you're a night person or a day person, but prioritise it. I talked about tithing your time. The, the principle of tithing is that you take it out first before using up the dribble at the end, whatever's left. So, so we talked about making a difference in your personal lives and then today we're going to be talking about making a difference in our church. How do we uh, function and make a difference in our church? And I laughed last week as I gave a one-point sermon. This, this morning is going to be another one-point sermon. It's going to be one thing that you're going to take home. Now, I'm setting myself up for next week when we talk about making a difference in the world. I've got to think up of one thing. But I just trust that you take hold of this, this one thing that we're going to be, be speaking about today, making a difference in our church. And, and again, I'm just going to 
um, as an underpinning for this particular message, look at Hebrews 10 where it talks about not giving up on meeting together. We've been talking about this in the, in the, in the COVID world that we're designed to be community. Church is a community. It's the gathering of his people. So let us consider how we might spur one another on. Consider how you might spur one another on towards love and good deeds. There it is again. Make a difference. How might you spur the person on next to you to be making a difference in their lives or in the world or in the church? And not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And we're going to be looking at that. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So we are to make a difference in the church. But before we sort of get to that, it's probably important that we define uh, what we mean by the, the church. Because uh, if we, we consider, or if perhaps those outside of the church uh, think about what the church is, it's probably a different picture than the biblical understanding of church. In fact, if I put this picture up, what would you say that was? It was a church, right? Architecturally, churches have a distinctive uh, look, and so we can and look at particular buildings throughout the centuries, and all of them have this distinctive look at them and we can go, well, that is a church. And we have that in our English vocabulary, don't we? We, we say, well, that's a church. It's, and I think it's unfortunate that we've called church buildings church because what that does, it, is, it gives this impression that these things are what we mean by when we say church. What's that building? I just thought I'd throw that. It's a hospital. <laughs> Hospital, that's great. Love it. Just thought I'd throw that one in for a bit of fun. But particularly those uh, who haven't grown up in, in the church or, or understand the, the notion of what church means, we have this phrase in, in our vocabulary, in our speaking, when we say, I'm going to go to church, don't we? We say, are you going to go to church this morning? As if Church is a, a destination. It is something that you, you go to and then you come back from. In the same way that we might say, I am going to the football or I'm going to the movies or I am going to the theatre or I am going to the ballet or whatever it is, <laughs> going to the circus. All of these phrases talk about, and, and they all have something in, in, in common. We, we leave our home, we might have a ticket, and we go to a venue and we sit in rows and we watch what happens either on the field or on the stage and we are entertained and then we go home again. And so when we say we are going to church, that mentality, that mindset can slip in because we go to the theatre or we go to the netball. We don't, we've got to get rid of that mindset of going to church because that is not what church is. Uh, a couple of years back, I uh, subscribed to Craig Groeschel's um, leadership podcast and, and part of that that came up was his uh, preaching series that he did 
and it caught my eye. I was like, oh, I've got to, I've got to investigate that because that looks a bit strange. And it was this. He said, stop going to church. Now, that's not sort of the uh, thing that a pastor really should be encouraging his congregation, really, is it? Stop going to church. So I had to look into what, what he was meaning behind that. Stop having that mindset. Get out of your head that sense that we simply go to church, we sit in rows, we are entertained, we are consumers of what's happening, and we go home again. He said in that, um, that sermon, God's highest calling for you is never to go to church, as in go to church. It is to be part of church. His calling is for you is to live like Christ. And I love that Mike brought that up in his prayer. That our calling is progressively, day by day, becoming more and more like Christ. And that's how we can be making a difference in our lives, is to not just simply plateau, to not just simply go day by day by day without changing. But here, this morning, is an opportunity for you to walk out of those doors different transformed and changed because of the work of the Holy Spirit who is here with us, desiring to do something in your lives, to encourage you, to spur you on towards love and good deeds. Uh, Francis Chan says, God called you to be the church, not just to gather in a room and listen to a sermon. So what does it mean then to be the church? Paul says in 1 Corinthians, we are co-workers in God's service. I love that. Uh, in Vision Sunday, I talked about not being a one-man band but being a symphony orchestra. We all have our part to play. It's not just about the people on the field who are trained and, and are experts, but it's everyone in the stands participating in God's service. We are co-workers. So you are working with each other in the service of God, in his field, in, and you are God's building. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? For God's temple is sacred and you together, we together are God's temple. Now, the Bible speaks many times about pictures of of what the church is. Hospital is one picture. Family is one picture. And, of course, the body uh, is another picture that we see and that we've been encouraging through the years uh, with our puzzle person is that we want to be a functioning, fully healthy church where everyone plays their part, where you find your fit, where you find what it is that uh, spurs you on, your sweet spot, in gifting and in ministry and in, and in love and, and finding those things and then using it to outwork and to serve one another uh, in our midst. Because it says here in Romans, just as each of us has one body with many members, so I've got different fingers and toes and bits, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Now I've got there, each member belongs to one another. I'm going to go into that. This is the 
the one thing that you're going to take home from today. You belong to one another. You don't simply come to church, watch and go home. But church functioning properly is where we are in each other's lives and we are serving and loving and encouraging one another and we are all participating in the work of Christ because we are co-workers. I want to read to you from Psalm 92. It says that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like the cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. And they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. I love that word planted. Again, it goes back to a vision that we had a few years ago about going deeper in the things of God with roots going down. That you and I aren't to go to church, but we are to be planted in church. It's not a destination that we occasionally go to, but it is a constant reality that we are planted, that we are in the church. And I love that it says, and they will still bear fruit in old age. Why? Because throughout their lives, they've been planted. They've been in the place that God has created for them to be, in the church, not in the building, not in those pictures of the church that you come to Sunday, but you are the church, you are the community, you are the body, and you're planted in each other's lives. The word for church in the Bible is ecclesia, and this has two meanings. Number one, it is the gathering, it is the assembly, it is the coming together. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And the second part of this word is, uh, is ek, which means, um, which means out, and, and klesia, which is a word from kaleo, which is called. So we are the called out ones. So that's going to be next week as we, we talk about what does it mean to be called out into the world in which we live. But I want to talk about the first notion of this word that says that we are the assembly we are gathering together. And I was thinking about, you know, a lot of people had a COVID Christmas this year and it wasn't the gathering, it wasn't the family assembly that they had been hoping for. Uh, they might have had um, relatives interstate that normally come for a Christmas and, and what they love is being family and gathering together, assembling together. And so many people have talked about how it just felt like they missed out on that sense of what a gathering and what Christmas should be. Because even though they had technology, hello, even though they were able to, to view people on a screen, there there's, wasn't the sense of assembling, coming together, seeing each other face to face, being able to embrace one another. And that's what this word means. It means coming together. Andy Stanley said something very interesting about the church and the purpose of the church. He said, the primary activity of the church was one another ring, one another. Was one another ring, 
one another. Now, he's made up a word there. I like that because I often make up words. I'm in the same sort of (laughs) field as Andy Stanley. But I'm going to, and this is what I want to go into this morning. We can talk about many aspects of the church and making a difference in the church. We can talk about serving on rosters. We can talk about uh, you know, using our gifts. We can talk about all sorts of things. But it really comes down to, and it all flows out of this, and there's a progression. Last week we talked about making a difference in our personal lives. You know what? You're never going to be able to really make a difference in the world or in the church unless you first come to know Jesus fully and are fully devoted to him and love him every day. And out of that flows a desire and a longing to make a difference in the church. And as you together, as the church planted in his house, as members of one another, are fully devoted to one another, then out of that comes a desire to reach out into the world. So Andy Stanley says, Primary activity was one another. Now, do you know that in the New Testament, the word one another comes up over 100 times? It comes from a Greek word called alion, alion, which means mutual receptivity, reciprocality. Oh, man. Going around. (laughs) Thank you. It's, it's mutual and it goes around. That's what one another means. See, I can't one another you if I just serve you. One anothering means I serve you and you in turn serve me and then I in turn serve you and you in turn serve me. I encourage you and you encourage me. You encourage me greatly by being here and listening and being open to what God is saying. That encourages me so much. And I pray that I be an encouragement to you. So there's a sense of back and forth. This is what one anothering is. And just to give you an example of just a few, just to cut it, I haven't done the full hundred. Be at peace with one another in Mark 9. Romans 12, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Galatians 5, serve one another. 1 Peter 4, serve one another. Ephesians 4, be patient with one another, bearing with one another in love. Colossians, bear with one another. Colossians 3, it says in the same verse, forgive one another. And it says so in Ephesians 4, forgive one another. It says in Romans 12, honour one another above yourselves. Galatians 6, carry one another's burdens. How are you note takers going? You're, you're keeping up? <laughs> Those people who love to take notes? Romans 15, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Colossians 3, admonish one another and in the same way teach one another. In Romans, it says, teach one another. It says, hospitality to one another. In 1 Peter, without grumbling. Just add that one in there. James 5, pray for one another. Ephesians 4, be kind and compassionate to one another. 
Hebrews 10, encourage one another. Thessalonians, encourage one another. Thessalonians, again, encourage one another. Hebrews 3, encourage one another daily. Throw that one in. Ephesians 5, submit to one another. And Thessalonians, build one another. Are we getting the picture? (laughs) Paul's letters or Jesus' words to his church, to his disciples, is to one another, one another. And then, of course, the one that trumps all, the one that we see time and time again, Jesus' own words when he says, a new command I give to you, love one another, just as I've loved you. And do you know what? The world is going to know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So love one another. And John thirteen thirty five, love one another. John 15, love one another. John 15, 17, love one another. Romans 13, love one another. 1 Thessalonians, love one another. 1 Peter 3, love one another deeply. 1 Peter 4, love one another deeply. 1 John 3, love one another. 1 John 3, 23, love one another. 1 John 4, 7, love one another. 1 John 4, 11, one, love one another. 1 John 4, 12, love one another. Love one another in 2 John 1, 5. And our verse from this morning. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more until we see the day approaching. The one thing that I want to encourage you with this morning is that the biggest difference we can make in our church is to take seriously loving one another. And just in the same way that if we get our relationship with Jesus right, it snowballs and it has an effect, when we love one another deeply, there'll be a desire to serve one another and to make a difference in each and every area of the church because each and every area needs each other to function and to work well. So we are to love one another. That's the biggest difference you can make. Now, remember before I said stop going to church? Get out of your head that mindset of just coming, seeing something and going home again. Because Andy Stanley says, when everyone is sitting in rows, you can't do any one another's. Interesting, isn't it? As you sit in rows, you can't forgive one another. You can't serve one another. You can't encourage one another. You can't pray for one another. All of those one anotherings can't be done in a row. They can only be done as we gather, as we assemble and function as... So I think the coffee time after church then is one of the most important times on our Sunday morning because that is when we can one another one another. Small groups, life groups, it's in those moments that we can one another, one another. It's the during the week, hearing what's happening, 
it's the serving in our kids' ministry perhaps. You know, the kids are wanting some teachers to come out and to teach them for 10 minutes in their programs. What a great way to teach one another by saying, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go do that. Or to serve one another. It's not just about rosters and programs. It's how can I love people in the church and out of that love serve and see the body function well. One Thessalonians, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for one another and for everyone else, just as ours has done for you. And I love how Paul says in Galatians, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's what counts. That the faith that we have would express itself. It would have a function. It wouldn't just be dry and dead, but it would be flourishing and fruitful, just like a tree planted, bearing fruit and expressing itself in love as we love one another. Now, one of the, the difficulties with the concept of, of going to church and going home again and not participating and not functioning as a body is it creates a sense of isolation. Uh, you and I are not designed to be isolated and this COVID world has, has heightened that and has shown that the pain that comes from isolation, that we're not designed to be alone. We're designed to be in community and to gather as his body. And the thing about being isolated is when you're isolated, you're, you're open to the devil's attacks. If you think about uh, in the wild um, with packs of animals, uh, they go in, in a pack and if one is isolated and if one is outside of the group, they're prone to, they're vulnerable to attack from a vicious animal. And the Bible speaks about that too. It says that the devil's prowling around looking for someone to devour. And if we're not together, if we're not a community, if we're isolated, if we feel like we're doing this thing alone, then we're vulnerable for attack. So one of the biggest differences we can make in our lives is assemble as much as possible. And to not make it a once a fortnight, once a month, just an Easter thing, just a Christmas thing, but gather together as his community. We're not perfect. We live in a fallen world. I love what Mike prepared for us to pray together. And the church is not perfect. Each and every one of us is not perfect. Yet we're called to be drawn together as his body and to serve one another and to love one another. Uh, I heard a great saying during the week, you know, people look for the perfect church. They, they, they shop around thinking this church doesn't have good worship or this church got a good kids ministry, looking for the perfect church. One pastor said, if you ever find the perfect church, don't join it because you'll wreck it. 
you'll wreck it. What he's saying is we're imperfect. All the more the reason why we need each other to encourage one another, to spur each other on towards love and good deeds. So how might you make a difference in the church? How might you love one another? How might you serve one another? How might you encourage one another? How might you teach one another? How might you pray for one another? How might you one another one another? That's up to you. The principle is to stop going to church and to start one anothering one another. And that can look different for each and every one of you. You know, the, um, the verse in Psalm talked about being planted like a tree. And there's an old Chinese saying that says, when's the best time to plant a tree? That's 20 years ago was the best time to plant a tree. When's the next time, best time to plant a tree? Is right now. Is right now. We have the opportunity right now to make a difference. We have the opportunity right now to be planted in the church and to start loving one another more deeply. I'm going to invite the musicians up. We're going to have the opportunity to to share in communion together. And I just wanted to link in what we just shared with this meal. Jesus says, A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. How has Jesus loved us? How should this be the way in which we outwork that love? Well, here in this meal, we see demonstrated the way that Jesus loved us, that he laid his life down for us, that he didn't consider his position anything, but he humbled himself. He lowered himself and became obedient to death. He took his place on that cross that was... He took our place on that cross. He gave up his life for us. What an amazing picture of what it means to love. He didn't need to. He didn't have to. But he was compelled to because of his love for you. The musicians are going to sing through the song and as they do, invite uh, this side of the church to to head out um, to that side of the road, come and uh, grab a biscuit and and the the wine and then head back down the aisle. And then when that that group's done, the same thing's going to happen. You guys are going to head out onto the side and, and come down here. But Lord, we just pray that as we, we hear these words wash over us, would be gripped again by your love for us. We'd be amazed at what it meant for you to go to that cross, to bear our sin and our pain, and to take it all upon yourself in order that we might be free, 
Thank you for your love. Amen. I invite you to come. Grab hold of the elements and hold on to them and we're going to eat together. says in Philippians 1 and my prayer this is my prayer and this is our prayer as we come and gather around the Lord's table and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise to our God, that you would be filled with the fruit of righteousness, like a tree planted, bearing fruit, that that would be your prayer. We thank you Lord that on the night that you were betrayed you took bread and you broke it and you said this is my body which is given for you and you told us to do this in remembrance in remembrance in remembrance of you so take and eat the body of Christ which is given for you
And in the same way, after the supper, you took the cup. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. Drink this in remembrance of me. So take and drink the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we please stand? We're just going to go into singing this song, but before we do, uh, you might have come this morning and feeling dry. You're not flourishing. I just want to encourage you to just open yourself up to the Lord, that he'd fill you again with his love so that you'd be able to then overflow with love for others and for one another. So, Lord, we just pray for everyone here. Lord, we thank you that you've called us your church. Help us to live out this principle of loving one another, of it being a cycle of coming back and forward, that it wouldn't just be one or two people, but you've called us all to participate. You've called us all to play our part. And it can be a small part or it can be a big part. But Lord, whatever part you're asking us to play, we pray that you just instill that in us right now. One or two of you might feel like you've got a word of encouragement for a person here. One or two of you might feel like there's a, there's a word of scripture that is, is coming to life that needs to be, be shared in the life of the church. One or two of you are feeling a sense of a longing to serve in a new area of ministry, to be making a difference in this church, to be making a difference. Lord Jesus, we pray that you'd be doing those things amongst us as we sing now, as we declare that you are the reason we are here. So Lord, just come and have your way amongst us. Minister to us right now. May this be a moment where we can make a difference. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stay standing as we just sing to finish off. And just, yeah, be open to what the Lord wants to say to you as, as this song is sung. Be open to what the Lord is perhaps asking you and tapping you on the shoulder, maybe giving you a word for someone. As you have a coffee, go say, I want to encourage you. I want to serve you. I want to, I want to pray for you. And after this time, we might outwork that one another ring. Let's do that together.
good. Thanks, thanks, music team. Really, really sense something special in the the music and the worship this morning. Um, not just for the team here, but I think all that have been a part of it this morning. Sam, really want to thank you too. Uh, pulled together a basic but such an important message this morning. So. Yeah, I just just pray that we'll be able to lay hold of uh, what he has taught us and what what the Lord lays on our heart about how can we actually make a difference. What a what a uh, encouraging but daunting thing in a way as well that we can actually make a difference in little ways and in big ways and comes through loving one another and one anothering one another as well. So. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just feel really encouraged. Um, we've got a chance now to uh, be together and one another, one another as well. Those that are here, those that are at home as well. Uh, if you'd like someone to pray with you this morning, uh, we do have our team ready and waiting in the prayer room. So please, if you want to uh, stand or sit with someone and pray, please do that. Uh, we've got coffee, tea. Um, stick around, um, catch up. It'll be great. Um, looking forward to the third part, Sam. We're sort of building up, um, prioritising God in our lives, making a difference in the church, and that then builds on to making a difference in the world. So um, that'll be good to see the final part of that next week uh, as well and just see how that all hangs together. So, yeah, just um, bless you all. Just just pray that you, you really know the Lord well this week and, yeah, that you just encourage and be able to come along perhaps and share how uh, you've been able to make a difference in lives of people around you. Thanks, everyone.